Hey, this is Larry the Cable Guy, and you're listening to Racing Boys, and if you ain't listening to them, you get out of the country because you're a communist. I love the Racing Boys. Like Mater says, they make me happier than a tornado in a trailer park. You know the funny thing about that is the Larry voice and the Mater voice are exactly the same. Get her done! It's time for America's most unique motorsports show, Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys, brought to you by Rod and Supply and the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Todd Surprise running the show for us here at RBN, the Racing Boys Broadcasting Network. My partner, Kirk Elliott, forever we've been partners and uh, just can't wait to continue on for another couple years, Kirk. Are you, are you anxious? And to, maybe longer than that, as long as we can still do it, right? Well, as long as we can still sure. do it. But Todd is only committed to us for a couple years. Well, Todd, we appreciate you being around, man. Right. We couldn't do this without you, man. I, I appreciate you saying that. I've had I have a lot of fun doing what I do over here, and uh, it allows me to do everything else that I do in my life. You know how that is, right? Right. Buy, I have a lot. Buy, of, buy a couple guitars I, along the way. I have a lot of interest. You have see a few concerts here. You just and picked there. up a new guitar, did you know? Well, I did not pick it up because it was. We sadly ended up having some stuff to do. I didn't. I didn't talk. See, I didn't tell my wife I was buying a new guitar. Right. Oh, you, oh, you, you hit well, it from her. I so, spilt the well, cat you don't, out of the you bag. Don't, you don't let, well, she knows now, but you don't let them know you're buying new guitars, you know. That's just. Let me turn that down. Yeah. So uh, she, what you do is you just apologize. Like Scott says, you just do it and you just apologize for things afterwards. Like he used to say, just with the racetrack, you just do it. and Just then, do it and, 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 and then, beg for forgiveness. Say, I'm sorry. <laughs> right. so, That's but, the way that works. Huh? But. Married. Other family things came up on Saturday. We got our Christmas lights all done and everything. That was what kind of way my daughter came in town. So I called the guy and said, hey, I obviously didn't check with my wife because I was sneaking in another guitar. So see if we can hook up on Monday or Tuesday. He said, not a problem. I understand. So I'm going today after when well, nobody's home today. So. Right. Yep. But yes, guys, it's it's fun, man. Uh, no, not much racing other than the one race this weekend that I watched on TV. Now, you guys watch a little bit on your streaming services I, but I, I didn't watch it it wasn't much but i watched a little i stayed up as long as i could with that f1 race and, and then, then fell asleep it's hard not to fall asleep at 2 a.m that thing started at midnight right guys, so. now to me and i think you'd probably agree scott the hangtown 100 last night was bigger race to us than uh, the well, absolutely race. Uh, no doubt about it uh definitely kyle larson wins again second time he's won this race yeah. yeah it's kind of ironic the best driver that this country has to offer is racing the dirt in a midget at placerville speedway while all the rest of the world's top drivers are in las vegas you know what, was, what do you make of that what was so funny about his conversation uh, it, that he said he hadn't but run about 12 midget races in the last year. Yeah, he just hadn't been in a midget. And the reason he said he went to Placerville this weekend is because he's great friends with Matt Wood and all the rest of the folks. In the, and the, the, the crowd dropped off a year ago. They didn't have the what, big crowd at Placerville a year ago. 
it was he thought it, he it was really cold there this weekend. Yeah, it was yeah. cold and rainy, and yeah. it's a miraculous they got that show in. By the way, they did a great job of prepping that racetrack with all the rain they had out. They rained out Saturday night, right, yeah. and then they had to run it on Sunday, right. And we surmised that would probably be what they would do if they got. We talking about this on right. Saturday morning. Well, if they get rained out, why not come back on Sunday night, which they did. Uh, but uh, Kyle Larson explained the reason he came back this weekend in a midget is because they were paying more money and the crowd was off a year ago and he thought he owed it to Matt Wood and that's his hometown racetrack, Placerville Speedway, so that's why he came back and raced a midget. Now, I don't know if Kyle is uh, is going to run turkey night or not. I would assume that he would hang around and run turkey night would he not they already got the race car it's running fast why would they run merced and turkey night the rest of the week well i would think they would yeah no doubt about it he beat logan cv shane gullibeck and justin grant and carson macedo carson macedo started 21st and ended up running fifth he did good in the midget yeah he did and so uh that but you know logan cv has been just on a tear in a midget lately he's got this championship pretty much wrapped up for the uh, season USAC NOS energy drink uh, championship but a great year that Logan CB has had and he had a made a run up through the field Larson started 16th but Logan CB had to come from uh, deep in the pack as well 14th to finish second so uh, if Kyle Larson hadn't showed up Logan CB would be celebrating another win yep no doubt about it what did you think about the race itself, Kirk? I thought it was good race. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, right. And uh, uh, they did a great job. Were, were you uh, uh, were you a little uncomfortable with the one K car? Did, did Kyle that Larson? Pop? Yeah, because normally he drives the fifty seven car. Well, that's in a sprint car. The, right. The midget has been the number one. If you remember a couple of years ago when he was driving a midget. Is that his was, own midget? Yeah, that's his own car. He okay. was driving a number one car. He still had Paul Silva helping out on the car, by the way. But number one, K, has been his number driving a midget. If you remember a couple of years ago when he raced the Chili Bowl, he oh, was yeah. driving a 1K no car. So 57 is reserved for the uh, sprint cars for Kyle. So, But I've been to Placerville a couple times. You have? Yeah. We did uh, Racing Boys uh, broadcast a couple races out there, right? I think they were audio broadcast when we oh, did Oh, back those. then? Yeah, yeah, back in the day. That's a, that's a bull ring, right, Placerville? Yeah. Oh, it is, man. It, it, and it's one of my favorite places to go to. Um, I've, seen a lot, I've seen a lot of good racing going on at that place. Well, it was, it was an interesting night. A hundred-lap race. You don't see many hundred-lap midget races. They did take a break in the middle to refuel the cars and – uh, do whatever they wanted to do to them through the halfway mark. And uh, a lot of people don't know there's adjustability inside these midgets. And Kyle Larson certainly knows uh, what groove to run, and so does Logan Seabee. It seemed like Seabee had the high side working pretty well for him on Sunday night. and uh, But it just wasn't enough, especially after Larson made the move up high and then dipped down low to get past Logan Seabee. And then Shane Golubek. Uh, tried to make a run as well. There was a three-way fight after Larson had gotten the lead. CB tried to pull a slider on him, and it just didn't quite work out for him. And CB able to have to settle for second, and Golubek third. Justin Grant fourth, and Carson Macedo fifth. I just said that. 
So, um, did you hear that Chris Wyndham is going to Vermeer Motorsports in 2024? Did you hear that yet? How about that news? Well, how about that? That's uh, that's that's a big Mar- one. Marie just sent me that, just so you know. Uh, Vermeer had uh, we had Hunter Schoenberg in that car a year ago, and then he was let go, and uh, we had a couple of other drivers in that car through the biggest portion of the year. But that's uh, that's a good ride, the fifty-five car, and we'll see what kind of a schedule they put together for that. They were a full-time all-star team last year. Tammy says that uh, he's only going to run Placerville this year. No Merced or Ventura. Kyle Larson. That was the plan. We heard that was the plan, but since he ran so well and swept the whole weekend, don't you think there might be a chance that Kyle Larson might change his mind on that? No, I don't think so. You don't think so? I don't think so. Mm-mm. Not if he's... If he's verbally said that he's not going to go to Merced or or Ventura. Well, a lot of times he just shows up not tell anybody. So I'm just holding out the thought that he still might show up at least turkey night this weekend. We'll see. Right. Um, uh, Marie said Shane did an awesome job holding up Larson for several laps. Yeah, he did. He did. Shane Golubek had a good run, I thought. He yeah. started third, uh, but he he had a good race car. Yep, no doubt about it. Um, Kirk, we've got a really good show lined up today. We've got uh, World of Outlaw, late model champion Bobby Pierce is going to be joining us here in just a few minutes. Blake Anderson, who is not going to be with the All-Stars or the High Limit Series this year. And he's going to be on with us, and as well as Ayrton Jeniton, right? Ayrton Jeniton, the Power I-410 champion, will join us a little bit later on in the show. Yeah. yeah. You you mentioned Blake Anderson. Great job as an announcer for the All-Star Series all those many years. Uh, but he's not going to go. A lot of people thought he'd be the voice of the High Limit Series. Right. But that's not the case. He's taken on a job with Rudine, and he's going to be moving to the Pacific Northwest. So we'll get Blake's uh, thoughts about that and his plans for big change for Blake there. I want to give a shout-out to uh, Kenny, who's listening in from Michigan today. So just want, to say, just want to say hi to Kenny for listening to our show. And, man, we can't thank you enough for the people that listen all around the country to this show um, Iowa's we've a- already got uh, Tim from Iowa City checking in as well. We appreciate everybody tuning in. Yeah, you know, not a lot of racing to talk about from the weekend, but uh, I, you know, normally we don't talk about Formula One, but we'll talk about it here because it was in Las Vegas, and you know, as we talked about on Saturday morning, I was more interested in the way it looked, the the way the the street circuit laid out how it looked on TV, that sort of thing, more so than the race itself, because I think everybody knew who was going to win the race. Did we all – we're not surprised about who won the race, right? No. The Formula One race you're talking yeah. about? He's won 18 out of 22 races. 18 out of 21. At 21 races. Right. There's one more race to go at Abu Dhabi to close out the season. But Will Max he win Verstappen, that? Will he win that? 
Probably so. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. would say so. But Max that, Verstappen, that first lap boy, right has there. won six races in a row now. He's won 16 out of the last 17 races and 18 of 21. Now, I don't know about you, but when I go to a racetrack, I really don't want to know who wins. But you're gonna if you're gonna place a bet on this race, uh. That's that's a pretty easy bet to make. You're probably not going to win a whole lot of money if you pick Max Verstappen because he's such a prohibitive favorite. But what what is the fascination of all these people that show up these Formula One races and they know who's going to win? It's I, part I, of the I spectacle. don't get it. It's I just, don't. It's, it's, it's spectacle of speed. It's it's that and. It's the hip thing to be seen at. I mean, it's the same reason why you go to the Kentucky Derby. The Kentucky Derby and all that. It's being there for the day and doing all the, you know, the stuff that you do. But I will say this. It did look cool as hell on TV, man. Yeah, yeah the, I thought it did. The spectacle of yeah. this thing was, it, it was as close as you could get to a video game in real life, uh, is all I could say. Uh, but like I said, you don't normally see this kind of stuff right here right, what we're watching right. i mean we're seeing some pretty good crashing and burning but like i said we knew who's gonna win and stuff but if somebody said i got a free ticket for you i would have win it wasn't like it wouldn't have been one of those deals you right. wouldn't have paid for it yeah right yeah. i i just want to say linda lindell scranton from down at lucas oil speedway he just set up that he said that uh, Lucas Oil Speedway 2024 tentative schedule will be, will be released today at 1 p.m on Lucas Oil Speedway's Facebook page. Can't wait for that. By the way, Lyndall Scranton, congratulations on you going into the Missouri Hall of Fame. Well-deserved honor. Congratulations. Lyndall has done the uh, you know, press releases and the PR down at Lucas Oil Speedway. Before that, he was with the Springfield Paper and right. a legendary sports reporter and uh, does a great job of putting out all the information from Lucas Oil Speedway. May we get him on the show next week? Hey, hey listen. After the schedule, get through. Just, just... Just to talk about a little bit about football today, we've got one of the biggest games that's going to be played maybe for the year tonight here yeah. at Arrowhead. It's going to be the Philadelphia Eagles against the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl repeat of last year. How about that? What, what, what do you think the score is going to be, Kurt? Oh, boy, I wouldn't have any idea. It's kind of a raw, rainy day. Is it going to rain during the game? It's going to rain during the game. Yep, it is. I'd say it's going to be fairly low scoring. Both defenses are really good. Uh, what do you say, in the 20s? Would it be in the 30s no, or it's the 20s? Gonna, it's going to be in, in the 40s. In the No, I'm saying the score. You think the score would I, be? I think the score is going to be... 27-24 Chiefs. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. You want to go to the game and get the ticket for 250 bucks? Hey, listen. Let me just say this about Chiefs games. Can't afford to go to a Chiefs game. I, I can't afford it. Can you, Todd? I don't. I can't, but, I mean, I could. I could buy one ticket and say I went to one game. But right, right. I would much rather have a team that I can't afford to watch in person win in Trust me, I sat through all of the shitty Chiefs games when we were just terrible, and you could get a ticket for thirty to fifty bucks. But now that we're winning, it's 
you have every it's the same way like the Royals. You can go buy a Royals ticket for nothing now. But back when it was the it was hard to find a ticket, man, when they were winning everything and you know, Kansas City with their Chiefs, it's a different animal. The, this town has always been a Chiefs type of town, you know, and, and this what we're doing now with winning this doesn't like me and Kirk are what's happening right now that you don't win Super Bowls and be in this many Super Bowls this close together and unless your name was Tom Brady. I mean that's just that's how it's been. Yep, no doubt about how it. How much of a factor do you think that Taylor Swift has on the ticket prices? Nah, they were expensive before oh, they, they were always expensive. Yeah, this whole yeah. year has been expensive. Now I granted I bet you the tickets underneath that suite have raised because you can get a selfie with you, you, Taylor Swift standing behind you. You just, can't buy a ticket for less than two hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, two thirty. My price range. Yeah, there's a two thirty, but you have to be uh, handicapped. But yeah, I remember when I first moved down here to Kansas City thirty-seven years ago. I went to the Chiefs games a lot back right. in the Me late eighties. They were no good. I went to almost every home game because if you wanted to see the game, you had to go. That's right. They, they was blacked out right. on local TV. So. Uh, back in those days, I'm thinking, yeah, I want to go see the game, so I better go. And even you could get in, tickets cheap back then. Even up into the 90s, it was still blacked out on TV. Um, I was dating my wife, so it would be 80, late 80s, early 90s, and we would go to her grandfather's house because he had one of those giant satellite TV receivers. You know, back in the day, the one that looked like a NASA right. <laughs> that you had in your backyard. And he, um, we could watch the games. Uh, on the road because you just dial it in from a west coast feed or whatever but yeah that was the only way to see a game i went to so many games during the chiefs 70s and early 80s with my grandfather sitting in the top of that stadium and that would ask him why can't we go down there there's nobody sitting in those seats down below and he's like right these are our tickets these are my season tickets and this is where we sit but as a little kid when you're 12 and you that stadium's empty you don't understand why you can't just move down. <laughs> the, the 90s were a pretty good uh, That's a, when it, a pretty good season with Marty Schottenheimer. Well, when Marty came to yeah. town and Carl Peterson, that was the name, Carl Peterson? Yep. When he came to town, that kind of changed our whole, it shifted our mindset here in Kansas City where we knew we could, we could start winning again. And, uh, man, with Derek Thomas and Neil Smith and you bring in Dan, uh, Joe Montana and Marcus Allen and, it was a fun time as a chief. That was as close as we ever got, guys. Steve it's, said, on, it's on a new level this this time. Well, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Sure. What's going on now is unprecedented, man. What's going on in Kansas uh, City? Back in 89, Steve said he bought two tickets um, and a parking pass for $500. Two tickets and yeah. a parking pass for $500. And you know what? That bucks. was kind of expensive back then. When, when that you, was expensive back and, then. But I'm not going to fault the Chiefs for getting that kind of money for – Patrick Mahomes. I mean, this is Super Bowl caliber guys. But yeah, like right. Kirk's looking at the. So I'm at, looking at ticket prices up there. So if I want to go to the game tonight, it's uh, yeah, two hundred and two ninety five. Two ninety five, and that's in the upper tank somewhere. Yeah. So let's say you want to. So yeah, here's where I believe I'll stand watching on TV. Thank you very much. That's your seat, way up there in the top, which ain't a bad view still, guys. Trust me, I've my grandfather's seats were. Right over here, kind of where my right. hover is. But trust me, um, when you're there, that place is rocking, man. And on a Monday night football game, it's going to be. It's so cool, man. There's it's going to be really the cool. The parking lot, you can smell barbecue, guys, from a mile away. 40 Highway and right. 435 out here, guys. It's the most insane thing like you've it's ever seen. It's the game seen. of the year, no doubt about it. Yep. 
All right, when we come back, Bobby Pierce, World of Outlaw champion, is going to join us right here on the show. It's all been brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. It's mostly motorsports. We'll be back with more here in a moment. Stay tuned. Listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com.
Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together um, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others. The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any, any family that has somebody, rather be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation. I was injured in a non-wing sprint car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. In the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we're able to do the work we do. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's Mostly Motorsports, and it's all brought to you by Rod In Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Joining us now is the 2023 World of Outlaw Late Model Champion, Bobby Pierce, joins us now. Bobby, how you doing? Hey, buddy. Doing good, and uh, thanks for having me. Hey, man. I, it, it's a pleasure to have you on. Man, what a stellar year. You, you you won a lot of races this year. I think it was 34 altogether. Isn't that right? Yeah, 34 races. Uh, crazy, crazy year. Uh, 14 of those were outlaw races, I think, and a mixture of flow races, Lucas Oil, XR. and Yeah, it's been a great year. I think um, beginning of the year, I we made a little joke saying 32 wins was our goal, not really thinking it'd be a realistic goal, and it happened. Right, right. Uh, so it, it, this is kind of a, a, a puzzling year for late model racing because there is a lot of high dollar shows that are being paid across America. Uh, there's there's a lot of high paying shows, isn't there? Yeah, that is true. I mean, it's a pretty good day to be a late model driver. Um, you know, I think as far as the Everything with streaming, you know, that's become such a big deal that right. these events are able to pay uh, the kind of amount that they're paying. And, you know, as long as the fans keep coming and keep watching and, you know, us racers will do what we do, try to put on a good show. But, yeah, you know, we had a lot of heck, 100 grand to win, 50 grand to win, 30s, 20s. Right. Um, yeah, so I think uh, my race winnings this year was $1.2 so far. So that's Holy including cow. some point monies and – 
yeah, pretty crazy year. I mean, heck, it's easy to uh, it's easy to say that. Oh, it's you know, obviously it's not that simple, but you know, if you're doing good, it's uh, it's great. Yeah, no doubt about it. Talk about some of the highlights this year. The one race that comes to mind is the North South 100. Uh, second time you won that race, but uh, some of the other big events this year. What are your highlights? Uh, yeah, the North South was uh, the biggest one, I guess. It was 75 grand, and you know that was the second time I've won it, and it's uh, one of them races with a lot of history. But um, the USA Nationals. I won that and the Gopher 50. Those are both 50,000 to win. And the USA Nationals, that's up in Wisconsin. And I've always wanted to win that race. Like, I've been second, third, fourth, uh, all right there except for the win. So, to finally get that done was awesome. And it was a photo finish at the line with Hudson, O'Neill. So was the Gopher 50. And we came out on top, both those. Kind of ironic how that happened. But, um, yeah, a lot of uh, – a lot of big wins this year. I know we we were really close to winning one down at Talladega. Uh, it was fifty thousand to win, and with like eight laps to go, I broke uh, like the wheel broke uh, left rear wheel, so it took out a bunch of stuff, and I wasn't able to finish the race. And we kind of had that one covered up, so um, that was going to be a big win. But you know, to win the World Outlaw Championship, uh, that was our main goal. We went and got that done. We won the Flow Championship, the XR Championship. Those are kind of some mini series that are also national. And uh, yeah, it's uh, like I said once again, crazy year. I can't thank everyone enough for their support that's helped me get to this point. And you know, we're uh, looking forward to all the races we can go and maybe win next year. You know, there's so many good late model drivers that are racing late models right now. Um, it. it, it you beat Chris Madden by 156 points, but Brandon Shepard, Kyle Bronson, um, there, there's a ton of really talented late model drivers out there right now, isn't there? Yeah, the competition level, I mean, it is pretty stout. Um, you got a mixture of a bunch of uh, kind of younger to, you know, middle age career drivers and uh, mixed with the veterans of the sport and, you know, the technology of these cars has came a long way to where I think uh, a lot of people have really good cars. And then, you know, of course, there's a lot of good drivers, too. So to go out and win these races, you got to have a perfect night. You can't really make any mistakes. Um, it starts in qualifying, and you, know, you got to go out there and lay down a good lap. Um, that makes your night a lot easier if you can do that. So, right. Um, but, yeah, you know, in a mixture of uh, – talent i'd say you know whether you're racing on black dirt or red dirt in the south um you know bank tracks not bank tracks if there's a cushion or whatever there's a lot of variables in dirt racing that i feel like um you know any given night you could have someone different win the race so right um yeah it's a uh, pretty crazy i think it's a good thing for the fans to see all the competition you know everyone loves to see a good race and um yeah, there was a lot of good races this year just because everyone's so close. You know, we've got Ryan who's checking in with us on our chat room. He says that I'm curious what Bobby has to how how he prepares mentally to run a place like Fairbury. <laughs> uh well, you know, Fairbury it's a little bull ring and uh chances are it's gonna have a cushion and you're gonna have to eventually get up there at some point tonight and you know, hey, I grew up racing that stuff, and um, I can I can go up there and 
hit the cushion, do what I got to do. Uh, it's kind of my comfort zone. So, um, yeah, I was fortunate. I think we won four big races there this year, February. And, um, yeah, you just got to, you got to go out there and, you know, hammer down, playing it sideways. And yeah, pretty fun. What, what is the track that is the most challenging to you as a driver? How challenging is it to, yeah. to run at Fairbury? No, no. Uh, uh, what track is it that creates the most um, difficult for you to, to, to race on a, a certain racetrack? Is there one racetrack that is a little tougher on you than other racetracks? Mm, yeah, I mean... You know, every racetrack's different. I'd say probably when you go to some places you ne- you've never been to before, that's obviously going to be a, a challenge. But uh, for the most part, just racing on a track that, you know, the dirt's different than what you're used to. You know, you go to some red dirt tracks where it just gives it, the car a different feel. And, um, you know, you, you have to adapt to the best of your ability and, and go out there. Like I said, qualifying is such an important deal if you don't know a good setup for that track if you don't know the racetrack itself you know it could be a long night for you so probably you know trying to adapt to new tracks is one thing and especially if it's uh you know the kind of dirt that you're not used to but um heck we go to so many tracks this year i think i i raced 98 races and so you kind of eventually learn to uh everywhere you go even if it's a new track it kind of feels uh feels like you've been there before just because, you know, you, you broaden your horizon so much with racing right. at different tracks all the time, so it helps you. Uh, th- your operation is a total family operation. Your dad was a legendary driver, Bob Pierce, but uh, your whole family is all in on this operation. Just kind of talk about how it takes everybody to be able to make this work to go out and run the amount of races you run, be consistent enough to win the amount you do. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it takes a big team effort for sure. I can't do it without, without all their help. Uh, whether it's my dad, uh, my two crew guys, Austin, Zach, um, everyone working really hard, whether it's my mom selling t-shirts, uh, my girlfriend, Abby helping out with that. Anybody else, it's, um, it takes a lot to make it go around and, um, you know, just week after week when you're home for, you know, sometimes obviously you don't get to come home every weekend or every week but uh when you do come home chances are you got like two days and then you got to turn around and go again so um you know it's kind of it takes a lot of determination motivation to just keep doing it but you know when it's going well it's going well and everyone kind of stays upbeat you just gotta you know when it's going bad you got you can't get down on yourself you just gotta figure out what you gotta do go to work in the shop and then go to work at the racetrack and get her done 98 races that is a challenge in itself to run that many races in one year what is the most difficult part of trying to run nearly 100 races uh i mean the most difficult part is just uh probably keeping everything maintained whether that's the car or or the truck and trailer, you know, how you get up and down the road to the next racetrack, uh, or whether it's your body, you know, um, it takes a toll on you for sure. So most of the time it's during the summer and, um, the days are really hot and everything, but, um, 
you know, you just kind of got to rely on one another, your team, and everyone's going to do their job. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, you know, just trying to make sure everything stays maintained and maintenance right. Uh, you know, it's a long year, and when you're racing for points, you can't be having DNS. So you got to finish right. races. Uh, to win, you must first finish. So that's probably one of the hardest things. And, um, yeah, I'd say probably that. Uh, just talk about the influence your dad has had on you. You, you and your dad have different driving styles, do you not? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I guess when he raced, uh, well, when he first started racing, when he was younger, his nickname was High Banks, and people <laughs> said he was pretty crazy. And I guess as he gotten older, uh, you know, he moved more down to the bottom of the track, and um, he won a lot of races uh hugging the infield tires but uh yeah you know i never got the chance to race against him that would have been fun uh he says all the time that i'm better than him, but you know i don't know you give him a slick track on the bottom like, he's pretty good you know before he retired so yeah <laughs> so you, you're more of a a rip the lip kind of guy than your dad was a bottom feeder then right oh yeah yeah oh definitely yeah I'd, i'll uh i'll hang the right rear off the off the track if i got to uh to get a little bit of cushion that's left up there you know beat the wall down but hey it's uh you do what you have to do and i mean i won some races this year on the bottom no doubt but um it's more fun up there you know right more fun to go up there and throw a little sparks just talk about the involvement of this longhorn chassis it's uh it's become a big player in late model racing hasn't it it has you know you hear uh Rocket chassis has been the big, uh, you know, major manufacturer uh, over the years. Uh, and Longhorn came came about, and, you know, heck, this year alone, you've, you've seen a lot of different guys switch to Longhorn, you know, including me, uh, Shepard, uh, Chris Madden switched uh, halfway through the year. A lot of big names, and, um, you know, I, I feel like Longhorn, they do a very good job. They got a lot, a lot of people working there in the shop, I think, you know, like 30 some employees um they do a well job with just uh being able to get cars and parts out there to their customers and everything's really organized steve arpin he does a great job and um i think they got a pretty good piece when i first jumped in it at the beginning of the year you know you never know how it's going to go when you switch chassis and and shock brands and it's going to be a learning curve for you but when i hopped in it and i tested it i was pretty comfortable right off the bat so i knew that you know, we had a good car, and uh, the very first night out in New Mexico, uh, about won the first race, almost beat Jonathan Davenport and Kyle Larson. Um, I didn't win it, but I won two nights later. So, like the third or fourth night of uh, on the year, on the you know brand new car, I won. So, uh, right then and there, we knew we had a good car, and it could be a good year for us. Yeah, you won up at I-80 this year. Um, talk about that racetrack, and, and it's no longer there. And that's kind of sad to see some of these racetracks like Devil's Bowl go away, I-30 Speedway down in Little Rock, I-80 up at uh, Greenwood, Nebraska. It, it, it's kind of sad to see some of these legendary racetracks go away, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I won I-80 um been a, it's been a couple of years since I won there is the the big silver dollar national it it moved up to Houston now but um yeah it, it's tough you know to see any racetracks go um especially like you said i80 was a good place I really liked it um but you know it's that's the way it goes and 
uh, racetracks do their best to keep things moving. I know it's tough. Like my parents, they owned a racetrack for a year and lost a lot of money. And I don't know how anyone really does it, honestly. But, um, yeah, you know, we, we've all got to work together, racetracks and drivers and fans to keep the sport going that we love. So. Well, it looks like you're going to kick it back up here pretty soon, first weekend December, All-Tech uh, Raceway, and then you're going to go race in the Dome, right? That's right, yep. Coming up is All-Tech, and that will be the XR Series championship finale. Uh, looks like we're possibly going to wrap that deal up. Um, and then the Dome, of course, there's a lot of hype always for the Dome. Um, everyone loves 20-some race cars, 800 horsepower, all confined in a little area there. It's a... Uh, pretty exciting and then in january we'll kick it off with the wawa shootout in new mexico before we head to florida for the start of the world outlaw series right so yeah, a lot let, of stuff coming up this off season let me ask you about racing in the dome that's a good place to tear up some equipment isn't it <laughs> yeah it is it, but you know you're not really going fast enough to do like a lot of damage most of the time you know if you wreck there, obviously you're going to beat some stuff up and body panels and suspension parts and stuff like that. Um, and then, of course, the racetrack itself, it does get pretty rough. But uh, yeah, at least it's not somewhere like, you know, we had Eldora was uh, super rough and you're going three times the speed there. So when you tear stuff up, you really tear stuff up. But um, don't bring your good stuff to the dome, that's for sure. Right, no doubt. Hey, uh, before we let you go, I want to get your take on uh, what's going on. Sprint car racing is going to have some competition now. World of Outlaws has got the high limit series they're battling with. Uh, drivers going to have to decide where to go racing. Why should sprint car racing be any different than what's happened in late model racing where you've had to make decisions what you want to do in racing? Why can't that work in sprint car racing? Good question, Kurt. Yeah, so you're talking about how like the world of outlaw sprint car drivers couldn't go race something else. Yeah. Right, if yeah. they were, yeah, right. I don't know. That's always been a good question. Um, <laughs> and now with the high limit series, yeah, maybe that will open up the, uh, you know, that'll change some stuff, but, uh, yeah, I, I guess late models, late models and sprint cars, you know, we, we do things so differently than one another. You know, you see it with so many different things. It's like, we're almost two different sports. But yeah, we're we're the same. So yeah, um, I don't know. But hey, what they got going on is is good for them. Um, you know, it gives the the racers some opportunity to to go make some money with that series and and this and that. You know, you see it with late models, we've got two major national series and right. uh, Lucas and World of Outlaw, and heck, we've seemed to uh, you know there's enough to make both series work. So hopefully, with sprint cars, there's enough. Uh, they can make both series work, but we'll see. So what was the biggest decision that, I mean, why you made the decision to go with the World of Outlaws versus go race Lucas Oil? What was the big factor in making that decision? Um, well, definitely, I, I'm i not going to race a series with that top four, you know, stuff going on. That's, right. in my opinion, it's not right. So I definitely wasn't going to do that. Um, and then the World of Outlaws, I don't know. Like I looked at their schedule. I liked a lot of the tracks they were going to, and I was excited to go and race in different places, you know, North Dakota, New York, Pennsylvania area. Um, 
obviously I've been to Volusia before and I was going to go there. That was my plan was to go there anyways. So, um, you know, you start off the year at a track that you wanted to go to, you might as well, might as well, uh, you know, run the series, see how it goes. And, right. uh, it was just, it was just that time, you know, I think I needed to do something differently. Uh, summer nationals was, was good for me and stuff, but you know, I kind of needed, uh, more structure, more, uh, you know, better pay basically for how hard you work. And, you know, uh, hats off to world outlaws for even adding more money to the, the points this coming year. So that's cool. Yep, so you're going to yep. go do it again, run for the world outlaws title again in 24. Yep. yep we're going to go back and, uh, try to, uh, win another one. Yep. Bobby, we can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us here on mostly motorsports. It's all been brought to you by rod in supply featuring the power. I Midwest lightning sprints. Thank you so much for taking the time. We can't thank you enough for doing so. Yep, thank you guys. I appreciate it. And uh, be uh, seeing me at the racetrack next year. Hopefully we can have another good year. And uh, like I said, pick up another title. We got to defend it. And uh, uh, we'll see how it goes. Thank you. All right. Uh, Congratulations on a great season, Bobby. I appreciate it. There you go. There's Bobby Pierce. We're going to take a break when we come back. Blake Anderson is going to join us. He's going to talk about his future up at. Uh, He's going to be working for Rudine next Rudine year. Next going to be year. living up in the Pacific Northwest. That that's going to be a little hard to believe. All of what he's going to be doing, I don't know yet, but we'll find out. Yep, no doubt about it. All right, when we come back, Blake Anderson joins us next, right here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod End Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods. And specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods. And specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do
do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together um, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others. The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any, any family that has somebody, rather be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation. I was injured in a non-wing sprint car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. I was in the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we are able to do the work we do. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's mostly motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod In Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Joining us now is a longtime friend of the Racing Boys, Blake Anderson. How you doing, my friend? I'm good. How are you, Scott? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Um, but 
I, you know, I was a little set back, to be honest with you, when you said that you were not going to return with the the high limit series or the all stars. I, I I was a little set back by that. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a tough decision, and a lot of thought went into it, and I kind of got to the point where it's like I, I was ready for something something new, and it's going to be a big change. But man, it was uh, I, I, there was a lot of sleepless nights in there. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, what was the de- deciding factor to go to work for the Rudines? What, what was the what was the one thing that really persuaded you to do something like that? I think the not living in a hotel, you know, hundred and fifty nights a year, you know, plus a year was was a big factor. And the business side of the sports really intrigued me. And I've been lucky enough with the All Stars, I've got to deal with some of that. And then now really getting to dive into it that that's really intriguing with to me and figuring out how to make a racetrack go so i figured it was time for a new challenge and this kind of presented itself and i thought why not Uh, let me let me ask you this did knoxville reach out to you and ask you to come back at at knoxville i mean i think i probably could have but as you guys know that that's not a full-time job that's just kind of a weekend side gig more or less but you know, Knoxville is always intriguing. That's home and holds a very special place in my heart. So uh, you never know. But I'm excited to, to learn a new area of our country, an area that you're familiar with. You know, ASCS went there for, for many years up to Washington. It's super pretty and get to meet a lot of new faces as well. Yeah. So are we going to hear your voice calling races? What exactly are you going to be doing now, Blake? I am not going to be announcing much at all. Probably just be down to the Dome and then the Chili Bowl PA broadcast. And when I'm up there, I'm going to be working with the management team on the promotion side, marketing, sales, kind of a lot of different roles. And then when I'm not at Skagit, I'll be working for Kevin's companies, whether it's routine management with it, all of his apartments and, and commercial properties. And he's got an industrial group as well with the trucking company and waste company and a lot of things in there. So I'm going to be working with those guys quite a bit as well, which is intriguing. I'll get to wear a lot of different hats and, and really grow professionally. So uh, let me let, let's ask you this. I, I I'm so shocked that you are going to expand your portfolio outside of announcing. That that's kind of crazy in itself, right? Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, as I said, it was a big decision and one that's always really intrigued me. But uh, it's going to be a, a lot of growth for me, which I think just on down the road just opens up a lot of doors. And I kind of figured. In the back of my mind, I can always go back to announcing at some point. I'm sure Kevin will have some opportunities for me to announce here and there. So I think I'll still be on the mic at some point. But I'm you know, full speed in on, on making this work out at, at Skagit and with Rudine Management and Rudine Industrial. And Rudine Racing, I'll get to work with the race team too. So I'll, I'll still be around the racetracks through the Midwest quite a bit with the 2016. So Caleb Hart doesn't have to worry about his job up at Skagit Speedway? He does, he does not, and I figured, you know, we have one of the best weekly announcers in the country with Caleb, so we, our fans up there don't have too much to worry about. They'll still have a very familiar voice on the mic each other. He's, he's a good guy. We love Caleb. Uh, hey, you know, we've used him at the Chili Bowl for our broadcast for many, many years, and I, I, I've had a lot of people come up and say that he's kind of nasally a little bit when he announces races, but I say that his intelligence – outweighs whatever oh. whatever bad 
uh, things that he has yeah, going I mean, on with him. he's terrific. He, he is absolutely one of the very best announcers in the country. Yeah, he is an absolute professional. So I don't have too much, I don't have too much worry in the announcers booth. This stuff's going to get taken care of there. I, you know, we, I told him this. I was with him this weekend at Warpa, and I've got a couple ideas on some stuff that we can be hitting on the PA each and every week. And he was very open to those ideas. So I'm excited to kind of put my mind together with his and see if see what we can come up with on some different things we can be doing during our races. Well, we'd still love to hear your voice on at least some of the bigger events throughout the year. We we. We'd miss that if we didn't hear you on the yeah. PA once in a while, Blake. I'm sure I'll still be around at, uh, at a lot of points throughout the season, that's for sure. Maybe not next year, but as we move forward and I kind of start to get my role more defined and figure out more what my schedule is going to be like. I'm really not sure what, say, next July is going to look like for my day-to-day. So I think we're going to be – I'm going to be learning, and I think Rudine's going to be the Rudine group's going to be learning as well. All right, want to get your take on everything that's going on in the world of sprint car racing. We got the High Limit Series, the World the All-Star Series was sold by your old yep. boss Tony Stewart. Uh High Limit Series next year, what's your take of everything that's gone on in the news of sprint car racing? It is going to be an interesting season. I think really more interesting than any of the other Blitz per se, just because we never really had to factor in the streaming and it was pre-social media world as well. So I'm going to be interested to see what's going on. I don't know. It doesn't sound like maybe a ton of the outlaw teams are going to be leaving the outlaws at least next year, but High Limit's got a lot of plans in place that I feel like can kind of push the sport and make us maybe evolve a little bit and get us out. I'm not to say we're in a rut, but we're. I feel like we kind of do the same thing a little bit repetitive and they're going to change some things. And I know I talked with the outlaws a little bit too, and they've got some plans in the works as well. So I think we're going to see our sport change quite a bit in the next year. And I think it's going to change for the better of the fans. You know, I've said this more than once on this show that I'm a little concerned about 410 racing because listen, 410 racing has made a really big comeback in the last several years. Uh, 410 racing is kind of dwarfed 360 racing a little bit because 360 racing doesn't have the star power that the the world of outlaws has and the high limit series has uh, what what are your thoughts about um th- those series and what they bring to the table uh w- with both series what do you think about that i i'm just kind of hoping you meant you know with 360s i felt like for a while there they were kind of splintered on different rule packages in different areas. And I'm really hoping that with 410s we can kind of keep everyone on the same page, which I think has been a big reason for the growth of the 410s the last couple of years. Is You can go run Friday in California, Saturday at Knoxville, and Sunday in Pennsylvania, you know, if that were possible, and really not have to change much. We want to change anything rules-wise. Right. Change much on your cars, which is nice. But I, I, there are some concerns in there as well. Obviously, it's not all sunshines and da- sunshine and daisies, but I'm, I'm going to be interested to see what kind of star power High Limit can pull. You know, can they get some stars to come their way to run full time with them? You know, obviously, not getting David Gravel was was probably big. I mean, David, I feel like is one of the bigger stars in our sport, especially the way that he pushes things on social media. He's really starting to get a big following on YouTube and and Twitter and Instagram. Which that sounds dumb, but in 2023, that's a big deal. Uh, the All-Star Series provided a big 
service to the world of sprint car racing, 410 racing, with the footprint that it had out in Ohio, uh, Pennsylvania. It came this far west. Uh, we had a couple of races out here at I-70 in Knoxville and so forth. That's a big footprint that the All-Star Series uh, provided over a lot of years. That has been that model's kind of been shelved here for a little while. Is there a big void now what the All-Stars provided for so many and, years? And let me follow up with that question. Do, do you think that it, it's going to be challenging for some of these teams to go to the West Coast? Because I know that they're planning on going to the West Coast, the Pacific Northwest, um, and, and up and down the, the West Coast. Is that going to be a stretch for some of the teams that are out there trying to make that happen? Yeah, I think it really is. I think that, you know, there were a lot of teams that could run with the All-Stars, and our footprint was, it was big, but it wasn't huge. You know, we, we right. kind of went from Central PA out to Knoxville and didn't go west of Knoxville. Right. So it kind of fit into that. Now you're trying to take those same teams and take it all the way from that footprint all the way out to California and up the Pacific to the Pacific Northwest with us, us at Skagit, and you're out there for three weeks, and as you guys know, you know, Diesel's not cheap on the West Coast. Hotels are a lot more expensive. Eating out's a lot more expensive. So I I hope there can be a void filled in the Midwest to give a spot for some of our teams that probably would have run the All-Stars that can't quite afford to go coast-to-coast to still make some money because otherwise I feel like it kind of hurts the local racing scene because then your locals are getting picked on with teams that should be out traveling more that aren't because there's nothing there. And I know – there was some stuff happening in Ohio that probably would have filled that void that fell through at the 23rd hour just last week that, that kind of stinks and has everyone back to scrambling a little bit in that area that I feel like that that series, if it would have come through, would have filled a massive void. What was the biggest advantage of having an all-star series in the world of sprint car racing? What was its biggest asset? To me, I felt like it was a stepping stone for between, you know, there, as you guys know, that the step between running locally and running with the World of Outlaws is, that is a massive step to be able to compete with those guys night in and night out. But the All-Stars provided that middle ground that you could step up and you're going to run a lot of the racetracks that the Outlaws are going to run at. You're going to get laps and you're going to run with competitive fields. And it, it served that purpose of being that middle ground. And now I feel like, boy, you've got, you either are, running coast to coast or you're running locally there's no middle ground there which i think that our sport really really needs at the 410 level yeah Uh, let me pose a question to you you know brad sweet is going to be running for the championship and i know kyle larson's going to be running some of the midweek shows but me personally as a promoter as an owner of a racetrack i i it, that kind of rubs me a little bit in the in the wrong way when you see Sweet and Larson running this series. Uh, I, I'm I'm not a big fan of people running that run the series racing in the series as well. What do you think about that? And that was always our kind of thing with Tony because he had talked about it. Of you know, do I when I come back to sprint car racing, say back in 2017, you know, 2017 18, do I? run the All-Stars full-time and help our racetracks out and be able to grow events and kind of decided, you know what, I can't do that. That this The points fund in that is, is for the teams that are choosing to compete with us. I just need to – I can come to certain events and raise, you know, maybe boost the attendance a little bit and give them some more opportunity to race in front of bigger crowds. So I know 
boy, that is a very hotly contested topic inside the sprint car world on how people feel because you have to figure anywhere Brad Sweet goes, he is going to be the title favorite. That Brad is just, no doubt. Find find me a more consistent sprint car driver than Brad Sweet. I mean, he will just top five and top three you to death and still is going to win 10-plus races, probably more now. But he doesn't run outside of the top t- five. Very rarely does he give you opportunities to really close gaps. And then you got Kyle Larson. I mean, geez, when's the last time we've seen a guy that wins at nearly a 50% clip and only races major events? What he does inside of a race car is is something special. Yeah, no doubt. Oh, yeah. He, 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 he's cons- They're going to win half the races. He's consistently a top five finisher just about every week. Yeah, Larson's in a league of his own. There's no doubt about that. But Tony Stewart did a really good job of managing, as the owner of Eldora Speedway all these years and the All-Star Series, of managing his history of being the owner of a major racetrack and a series. He managed that very well, did he? Yeah, he did. And, And when he came and ran with us, when he was racing, he made it very clear to everyone around him and to us that I'm a race car driver tonight. I am not a series owner. I am not making decisions. That's why I'm paying you guys. And then when we're at Eldora and he's not racing, he's letting the drivers know I'm not a you know I'm I'm a track owner tonight. So Tony was very good at knowing his role that he was in when he was at the racetrack. I think which was so vital and really it made it fun to work for him because you knew that he trusted you. Which right. as you guys know, that's a that's a good feeling when you're working for somebody that he know that he he. Uh, complete trust in what you're doing yeah uh are you going to be back at the chili bowl this year i will be i will be at the chili bowl this year so i'm excited for that and that'll kind of have to fill my announcing fix for quite a while because beyond announcing at the chili bowl this year i'm not sure when i'll get on the mic next so that's going to be uh maybe a little bit bittersweet because it might not be until the following december at gateway that i get to announce again you're going to miss that now you know that I am. I know I am. But yeah, it's going to be a change. I'm ready for it. I mean, I kind of had thought in the back of my mind that maybe 2024 was going to maybe be my last year kind of traveling as it was 10 years and maybe time to start to find something else. But this kind of made that decision, pushed it forward a little bit. But I'm excited. But you're right. I mean, it's been a big part of my life for the last 18 years of my life, 19 years of my life. For right. over half my life, I've spent announcing. Well, just so you know, that's exactly why I got off the road. In the world of pay-per-view broadcast right now, Dirt Vision and Flow have got it going on. And for me personally, um, once we sold the rights to Lucas Oil for the Chili Bowl and the shootout. To Flow. To Flow. Yeah. Kirk and I decided that. We're radio guys, and that's all we're going to be. We're we're just radio guys. And I spent 13 years out on the road with the Lucas Oil ASES National Sprint Car Tour doing those live broadcasts. And just like you, I got tired of sleeping in motel rooms every night. It gets exhausting. I kind of told myself I want to be able to get a dog, and that sounds maybe a little (laughs) trivial, but... It's hard to, as you guys know, it's hard to do the dog when you're up and down the road living, yep. you know, living in hotels half the year. And yeah, it does. It does get tiring being in a hotel all the time, especially when you're changing hotels so much. It's not like we're at the same hotel right. for a week. Yeah. No well, doubt. the you're, biggest thing we're, you're we're going coming to one, you're going on the road. Right. 
the biggest thing where we're coming from, Blake. We'll still see you at places like Knoxville and around some of the bigger oh, events. Absolutely. I Knoxville Nationals is a can't-miss event for me to be back home, so I'll be home for that week. And I think that at Skagit will be off for Kings Royal, so I would imagine I'll probably be back at the Kings Royal. We'll see. You, know, you never know. I may decide to go on a vacation at that point. May decide, you know what, I've been at a racetrack all summer, literally every day, so maybe I don't want to be at a track, you never know, but I love the Kings Royal, so I would imagine I'll still be there. But I will still absolutely be around, and that's one thing, Kevin, when I was in my interview process with Kevin and we were trying to find that plan, he said, hey, there are going to be weeks where I decide, uh, high limits racing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I want you to go out and spend time with the 26 guys for a couple of days. So I will still be out and about throughout the summer at high limit races or world of outlaws races with the 26 team at points. Just so you know, high limit just announced that they're going to have a race at Lucas oil speedway on June 28th and June 29th, 2024. How about that? I did not, I did not know that. That is, how about that? I mean, what shoot wins the, is it, it, when's the last time a the four, a major 410 series was there? Was it, you know, been 20 years? I don't think there has been a 410 the series there. Okay. I was I was thinking the Outlaws maybe went there once, but, I mean, that's massive news for what a beautiful Repeat facility that, one that is. Time. You just, right. You uh, just broke uh, A high limit race will be there on June 28th and June 29th, 2024. At? Lucas Oil Speedway. Lucas Oil Speedway. That yeah. is a big, that's a big announcement right there. That is, and I'm sure it'll be a massive event, too. I feel like. Lucas Oil Speedway doesn't do things on a small basis. No doubt. Well, we kind of figured that might be a possibility when we heard that the uh, high limit was going to work with the Lucas Oil Late Model Series. That that could, we talked that, yeah, could that happen? Well, it is. That That's for real. Well, just so you know, the biggest race of the year for the Racing Boys is the Jesse Hockett Daniel McMillan Memorial that they run there with the non-wing cars and the wing cars, yeah. the 360 yep. wing cars. That, that's our favorite race of the year. And that will remain the same. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, that, that's always a big event right there. So, uh, yeah, that's big news. So uh, your thoughts about Zeb Wise and uh, what he has done this year? Man, I feel like this is kind of the breakout season that we knew Zeb had the talent to do. It was just things had to fall in line, and we they paired him up with Tyler Tessamaker, after Florida, I mean, Florida couldn't have gone any worse with the 26 team. They were in shambles, and it was it was kind of went into Florida, non-point shows, thinking, okay, they, they can run with the 7BC. They're fast enough. And, boy, you left Florida thinking, oh, my God, there's no way they're going to be able to compete with Tyler Courtney. Tyler kicked their butt off, and then he paired up with Tyler Tessamaker in the crew chief role, and they go and win the Williams Grove opener. And you're like, man, okay, not only win it, but he got back around Anthony Macri. And to win that, so that was impressive. And then, then the Ford program came together, and all of a sudden Zeb could compete on half miles, and he'd always struggled on half miles, and he went from missing shows on half miles to then winning shows on half miles with the Ford Motor. So it's exciting coming up. Rudine's partnered with Ford Performance next year, so the TSR, TSR will have the Ford Performance motors, and Rudine will, so it'll be more of a two-team effort with those motors and hopefully be able to really get them dialed in. I'm glad Zeb's okay after that scary crash at the World Finals. That was frightening. And he went for some. He went for a couple of scary rides this year between that ride and the Eldora ride in May with the Outlaws. No doubt. Hopefully, hopefully that's the end of those scary rides for a while for him. Yep, no doubt. 
Blake, we can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us on the show, man. You are one of the very elite announcers in the business, just so you know. We've always thought that about you, and, and you've always done a great job at everything that you do, and I'm sure that you're going to do a great job over there for Rudine doing what you're going to be doing for them as yeah, well. Yeah, congratulations on your new venture. This is exciting for you. I appreciate it. That means a lot coming from you guys. I mean, you guys hear a lot of now, probably as many announcers as anybody here in the entire country, so that means a lot, and obviously – I've gotten to spend a lot of time with you guys through the years, dating back to when I started at Knoxville in 2009. So I look forward to seeing you guys in January here, which, shoot, less than two months out from the Chili Bowl. Hard to believe. Yep. I'll probably see you down there at Gateway as well. Awesome. Awesome. Be sure to look me up. And thanks for all you guys do. I always love joining you guys and just talking sprint cars with you guys. Yep. No doubt about it. Thanks a lot, Blake. Thanks a lot, Blake. Great job. All right. Thanks, Scott and Kirk. All right, there you have it. Blake Anderson joining us here on the show. We're going gonna, gonna to take a break. When we come back, more of Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod End Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll be back with more in a moment. Stay tuned. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod End Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod End Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod End Supply is an assortment of Rod End's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod End Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodendsupply.com. and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that to build your business to make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. 
Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together um, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others. The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any, any family that has somebody, rather be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation. I was injured in a non-wing spread car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. I was in the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we're able to do the work we do. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's mostly motorsports, and it's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Kirk, big announcement coming down on on uh, with Lucas Oil Speedway. What what do you think about that announcement? Uh, yeah, and thanks uh, thanks for the our good friend uh, for tipping us off of that, Lloyd. 
appreciate that. Uh, Lucas Oil Speedway, and, and we kind of thought that that would be coming along because uh, when they made the announcement of the High Limit Series, we kind of they predicted about, it, didn't well, we? Well, they, they talked about partnering up with the Lucas Oil Late Model Series. And, and immediately I thought, why not Lucas Oil Speedway? And so it just stands to reason, as great a facility as that is, uh, why an event couldn't be staged at Lucas Hole Speedway. They're going to call there it the, the High Limit Diamond Classic. There you go. And what are the dates on that again? Um, that was going to be June 28th and June 29th. Yeah, that is just awesome. But I'm looking at their schedule, and I don't see that on their schedule yet. Uh the official release, I would assume, would be coming out soon. He well, was looking at it. He was looking at a different schedule. But uh, no, I, I, uh, that, that's a good source there. So we appreciate the info on that, and I'm sure press release will be uh, forthcoming. Hope Lloyd didn't get us in trouble. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Because the press release has already been dropped 20 minutes ago. Lucas Oil Speedway has unveiled its 2024 tentative schedule, and along with traditional major events, the Speedway will welcome the acclaimed High Limit Racing Series for sprint cars, the inaugural High Limit Racing Diamond Classic, scheduled for June 28th, 29th, with many of the best in open-wheel sprint car racing expected to compete. High Limit Racing, founded and owned by NASCAR champion Kyle Larson and five-time World of Outlaws champion Brad Sweet, is expanding in 2024. The formerly named High Limit Sprint Car Series is adding events and increasing driver payouts with, while broadening the partnership with Flow Sports the midweek race series will evolve into a 50-plus race night schedule across the country and increase driver payouts to more than $5 million. Lucas Oil Speedway will be a part of the weekend schedule for high-limit racing. High-limit racing will award a point fund of a $1 million with the champion team and driver earning $250,000. Similar to the 2023 season, High Limit Racing will have a midweek money series within the National Tour, awarding a separate $100,000 point total. And I quote, we are excited to be part of the High Limit Racing in 2024 as part of our tentative schedule, which includes our usual mainstay events such as the Show Me 100 Hockett McMillan Memorial and Kentucky Drag Boat Association events at Lake Lucas, said Lucas Oil General Manager Dan Danny Lorton. So maybe we ought to maybe reach out to Danny Lorton and get him on the air. We can talk more about it. How about that? Uh, hey, maybe we could get him on right now. Why, sure. So this news just dropping while we've been on the air here, and uh, it's it's big one. Uh, 410 sprint car racing at a high level coming to Lucas Hole Speedway in 2024. And again, those dates uh, are June 28th and 29th. That's on a weekend, last weekend in June. So I there think you go. Todd's on the phone right now trying to get him rounded up. 
What do you think about They've that? They've got the logo all out and everything. It's got Diamond Classic with the High Limit Racing logo on the upper left-hand corner and the Lucas Hole Speedway logo on the lower right-hand corner. So we'll get that story posted on RacingBoys.com just as soon as we can uh, on the air right now. So we'll have to probably have to wait till the end of the show to get that up there. But uh, big, big major news. When when are they going to go to Lakeside? Uh, is that on April 11th? That would be May, early May. Uh, the first uh, Friday and Saturday night I'm, of I'm May. I'm looking at the schedule here, and it says the High Limit Sprint Car Series schedule, Lakeside, April 11th. That would be the midweek show. Now, you're looking at 2023 schedule. Oh. You're not. You're looking at last year's schedule. I guess so. Uh, the dates for the uh, High Limit Series at Lakeside Speedway will be the first Friday and Saturday in May of next year. Same weekend as when NASCAR comes to Kansas Speedway. Hmm. I guess I am looking at the 2023 Yeah, you were schedule. looking at this year's schedule, the 2023 schedule. Yeah. Now, the other dates that we're anticipating that they have not announced yet, I-70 Motorsports Park. We, You and I are both thinking that, and I've heard from other sources, that dates will be at I-70 Motorsports Park. When that's going to be, we don't know yet. I would uh, possibly look for maybe the Cup weekend in late September of next year, but I don't know that yet. So those dates have not been announced. Uh, we're looking for a high-limit schedule to coming up in a, a couple of weeks at the latest. You know, I'm thinking, Scott, the World of Outlaw schedule is going to drop in a matter of days. I wouldn't be surprised if they drop the World of Outlaw schedule like this week. We'll look for that. Not certain and, about that, and, but I wouldn't be surprised. And I'm going to predict that I-70 Speedway is going to be on this schedule. Would you predict? On the high-limit schedule. High-limit schedule. Yeah. But the World of Outlaw schedule, I think we're going to see that before the high limit schedule comes out. Because we know, having talked with Brian Carter a week ago, that, that the schedule's going to be schedule coming out pretty quick. The schedule's already been completed. They, they, they've had the World of Outlaw schedule set for a couple of weeks now. But they just haven't released it yet. And, and Brian Carter himself said that it's coming out soon. Pretty quick. And they released the World of Outlaw late model schedule last week and i'm thinking the sprint car schedule will be soon to follow i would not be surprised if we see the sprint car schedule drop in a matter of less than 48 hours either today tomorrow or the next day um marie just said just remember weather will play a big factor on how many races they get in well it always does it always does yeah yeah I mean, even when you were out traveling with the ASCS National Tour. How many times did we get rained out? Got, got rained out more than we'd like. How many times did I drive to an event and to get there and then it get rained out? Yeah. How that many times did that happen? happen? too often, didn't it? Way too often. Yeah. So, uh, and, and this year, ASCS National Tour had way too many rainouts. We feel for Terry Maddox and everybody over there at the ASCS National Tour this year, all the rainouts they had this year. Let's hope 2024 treats them a lot better. 
So that's uh, for our area. We're just, what, two and a half hours from Lucas Hole Speedway? That's one of our local racetracks, Lucas Hole Speedway. And so uh, when that big news drops, that's big for us. And I think it's big for the series because this is one of the nicest racetracks in the country, Lucas Hole Speedway. I mean, this this is a gem of a facility, and it's never really hosted a a high-level 410 sprint car event. It's never had the World of Outlaws there. And uh, so, uh, having scheduled this event, I think it's big for the High Limit Series, and it's big for Lucas Hole Speedway. Kirk, uh, the the American Sprint Car Series is going to be going to Cocopal this year. Did you know Returning that? Returning to Poca Coca Paul. They're going to be. That? They're going to be there on the January twenty sixth, the twenty seventh, and then they're going to go to Central Arizona Raceway on the second and the third, and then they're going to be going I to. I think we knew that, right? That that was that's been in the that that's been on the twenty twenty four schedule uh, for a while. I think they announced those dates uh, a few months ago. Did they not? That they were going to be going to Coca Paul. In January, I think we've known that for a while. Maybe, maybe I I should go out there with the uh, the trailer. What do you think you about know, that? You know the track very well. I know that place well. This would be pretty soon after the Chili Bowl, wouldn't it? A couple of weeks after. Yeah. January twenty sixth and twenty seventh at Coca Paul Speedway, and then Central Arizona Raceway on February second and third, and then they get a month off before they pick it back up the first weekend in March at the South Texas Race Ranch. So that's the early schedule for the ASCS National Tour. So Kokopal Speedway is a great uh, winter facility for racing. ASCS has had a lot of history out there. I know one year I traveled out there with with you, Scott, that they had the uh, postseason banquet. At the casino at uh, Coca-Paul Speedway. Remember that? Yeah, no doubt. And we broadcasted that banquet, too. As I we recall. did that banquet. Yeah. We did it live. Had it on a Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that makes a lot of sense that ASCS would go out there and open up the season. Now, uh, a couple of years ago, Terry Maddox uh, was saying, you know, we don't want to put a lot of travel on these guys. So we're kind of, we're, we're kind of. Condensing everything more to a well, that's Midwest what, series, but here they are going back out to the West Coast. That that's to me. I think that's a little bit of a stretch for some of the teams that are going to travel with ASCS. To be honest with well, you, well, and again, it it uh, it goes back to what they were saying. They wanted to condense the schedule, not cause a lot of these guys a lot of travel expense. Uh, by condensing the schedule to a more regionalized schedule. A lot lot of racers and a lot of teams like that. But now, here in 2024, they're heading back out to Yuma, Arizona. Well, what are your thoughts about that? I'm I'm thinking about that. that It's a great racetrack. Listen, to be honest with you, um, that would be a a fun trip to go on, to be honest with you. And you've been there many times before. I've been there many a times, and, and they've they've got campground there to where I can hook up as well. Yeah. I remember when I went down there and uh, I flew into Phoenix and then rented a car and drove to Yuma to meet up with you guys down there. 
Mm-hmm. I, I remember you asking me, why didn't you fly into Yuma? I, I don't think I could get a plane ticket at that time or something, but I, I, I rented a car and drove from Phoenix to Yuma. Just so you know, I flew out of Yuma and back into Yuma at their little airport they have right there when Jim Penny passed away. Yeah. Do you remember, remember that? that? You flew back for his funeral. Yep, I did. Yep. So... Uh, anyway, interesting stuff. We're going to see a lot of schedules dropped here over the next few weeks. Uh, PRI show coming up here in a few weeks, and you're planning on heading out to PRI this year, right? I'm going to be going to PRI this year. And that's usually when a lot of schedules drop. But I'm thinking the World of Outlaws schedules be coming out very, very soon. Because I think they want to get their schedule out before High Limit does. That's at least the indication that I gathered talking with Brian Carter. And they've already got the schedule done, so why not put it out? Right, no doubt. Let's get it Let's get it going. And then you'll be seeing big decisions made by race teams of which way they're going to go. When they see the schedules of both the High Limit and the World of Outlaws, then you're going to be seeing a lot of announcements made of which driver is going to go where. Mm-hmm. Your your thought and my thought is that uh, most of the outlaw drivers that were with them in 2024 are going to stay put, and uh, we'll see who uh, who goes high limit racing. My goal is for this year is to go to Pennsylvania Speed Week. That's the you tried to get out there last year. I I wanted to go year. out there, but it, it there was a lot of rain in the forecast. Yeah, that's that's what I remember yeah. that. And as it turned out, I think he made a good call because uh, even though they got, what, four or five events in, they had to postpone a couple of them. I know Port Royal got called off for a couple of days, and so there was a lot of weather issues out there uh, during PA Sprint Week last year. So hopefully we get better weather forecasts this time. You'll be able to make it out there. Kirk, the extreme midget schedule just dropped this afternoon. <laughs> That is uh, part of the World Racing Group. So that's another indication that the uh, sprint car schedule is not far to follow. Uh, the Extreme Outlaw Midget Series, we talked with their uh, champion, Jade Abadishian, last week. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll see what she does in 2020. Think she can do it again? Well, I think there's some big announcements coming up from Toyota and some other big things uh, happening for Jade Abadishian. I'm not really quite sure exactly what her 2024 will look like, but uh, she's uh, she's moving up to bigger and better things, I think, soon. You think she's going to go to the truck series? I don't know, but I think at the very least she's going to be signed to a contract with Toyota. And uh, do you think where she that goes did, from there? I don't know. Kirk, do you think she's going to go to the truck series eventually? Will she go there next year? Not sure about that. I I think this is the best year for her to go. Might be because she just come off a championship with the Extreme Outlaw Midget Series, and I, I believe that this is the time to make her step into the truck series. Uh, I I'd say if uh, if she can get the uh, the right team the the right ride, but I, I want her to uh, make sure that she's ready for that. I, I don't I don't want to move move her up there too soon. 
Would it be better for the pavement part of it for her to go to a lower level of late model racing and then work her way up from there? There, What's the hurry? She's, what, 17? I I don't know if there's any big hurry to. You've got to be 18 to run in the truck series. Right. Right. Or yeah. sixteen. It's sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah. I, I don't I don't think uh I don't think they need to be in any big hurry to I think I think Jade they need to the move ladder. her up right now. Um one step Mar- at a time. Marie says Jade is running road courses too next year. Yeah. Well she's she's gonna get some experience, but as far as the truck series is concerned, uh, I think that might be just a little bit too quick. I think that. she's ready. To be honest with you, I don't know why they they would hold her back right now. I think that the time is now, and it's time to put her in a truck. And I say it's probably not time for that yet. Well, I'll disagree with you. She had a rough go of it last night. Uh, something she she made contact with a car uh, halfway during the race. I think about it broke something on the car. So she, she slowed, she made, she slowed down, down the and then and she got, got ran over. She got hit. She got ran over. She got ran over. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was no room for those drivers to go there. And uh, But they were able to get her back out onto the track after some repairs in the pits, and she came back and finished 13th in that race. So that was still pretty good for her. And that was after a run. Uh, she was the top charger on Friday night. I uh, think she came from uh, halfway, what, 14th place and got herself an 8th place showing. Uh, so she passed a lot of cars on Friday night, too. But last night, uh, she had to rally back from that incident and got upside down, made repairs on the car. Did you see her? She was still inside the car as they were towing her back to the right. area. Car was dangling off the back of the tow truck, and they got her in and back out. She on the started tenth last night. Yeah, and then she had to restart at the rear, and then right. she came back to thirteenth. And Taylor Reimer got upside down as well. Yep, she did. But uh, and so did Timaz. Did you see that? Yep, Timaz got upside T-Maz down as had well. Problems. Yeah. But it was a great run for Kyle Larson, Logan Seabee, and Shane Golubek had a had a great run last night as well. But uh, Larson, what can you say? He's in a league of his own. He hadn't been in a midget for a couple of years, and he comes in like he hadn't stepped out of it all year. Again, my opinion is of that is that Kyle Larson's taking money away from Logan Seabee, Shane Golubek. Justin Grant, Carson Macedo, Emerson Axum, Buddy Kofoit, Mitchell Moles. There's a bunch of them that he's so taken. So you them. say that, but why don't these drivers have a problem with it? They don't seem to have an issue with what you're saying. I bet if you would talk to them privately, they would say that. If, if you could get one of them pulled aside and ask them, if Kyle Larson is taking money away from the other teams, I bet you a few of them would say that. You think so? I, I guarantee it. I think they, they like the challenge of outrunning Kyle Larson. I don't think they like it at all, to be honest with Logan you. Logan Seabee had as big a smile on his face last night after that race as if he'd have won. Kirk, 
you, you got the Hall of Fame read? Uh, the big uh, news about the Hall of Fame is the uh, sweepstakes that are going on right now. The uh, 410 Sprint Car is uh, going to be given away a year from December. Not this December, but a year. They do this every two years. And you can get signed up for that now. And, folks, this is a, this is a full-fledged, race-ready sprint car that uh, they're going to be giving away in December of 2024. It's a triple X 410 chassis with an Al Parker racing engine. And it's it's got all the items of the race-ready sprint car and you go to winasprintcar.com to get signed up for that. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's got everything on it. And this is not the first time that they've given away a sprint car at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame. Again, they do this every two years, and they'll do it again in December of uh, 2024. Winasprintcar.com. And then as far as the Corvette is concerned, yep. Another Corvette going to be given away next year. It's a torch red Z06 Corvette convertible with the Z07 performance package that they're going to be given away in 2024. And uh, win a Z06Corvette.com to get signed up for the uh, Corvette. Torch red Corvette convertible. See a picture of it, those of you watching online. And win a Z06 Corvette. Com to get signed up for that. That drawing will be a week after the Knoxville Nationals next August. And all goes to help pay for everything's going on up the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. And they'll have another salute to something that we don't know yet in 2024. Uh, last year it was the Williams Grove Speedway. The year before that, Ascot Park. Who do you think is going to be in 2024, Scott? Who's the big salute? that they're going to have at the Sprint Car. If you had a guess, what what do you think it's going to be? You mean who's going to win the it's world? It's going to be a, a historic racetrack that they're going to showcase in the Hall of Fame next year. Marie said, Danny Dietrich said on Gravel's YouTube that Larson is a freak of nature. Yeah. I mean, everybody says he's in a league of his own. I mean, Logan Seabee crawled out of that car last night. And said, well, you know, sometimes it's better to be second than first. You know, I'm in the lead. I've got a disadvantage there. Right. And, uh, you know, if I were in second, I might have had a better chance of winning that race, is what he said. Right. And he said, that guy's in a league of his own. Well, I'll just say it. Kyle Larson is probably the most talented driver that we've seen come along in maybe 20 years. What do you think? And you've been saying this since he was 14. I, I've known him since he was about 14 or 15 you, years you're old. Not, you're not just a Johnny come lately on saying Kyle Larson is the greatest talent you've seen come along. You've been saying that since he was a teenager, uh, 14. Yeah. And why is that? Because you watched him race out there in California before anybody knew who re he was. Remember when we told Lee Spencer yeah. that Kyle Larson is the next big deal? Remember what yeah, she, she, she said? I, okay, I, she said, yeah, I've well, never heard of him. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. <laughs> and this was before 2011 when he went to Eldora and swept the uh, four-crown nationals and 
He he won the Belleville Midget Nationals that year and won a bunch of races. That you you were saying this before all that happened, right? No doubt. Um, I I, I want to give a little bit of a shout out to Marie. She's always sending me messages about stories on the web, and and I can't thank her enough for doing that. She she always sends me some messages. And uh, I can't thank her enough for doing that as well. She's she's awesome. You brought up Danny. I can't wait to get out there to yeah. PA and and meet Marie and Tammy and a lot of those good folks that are out there in PA. Uh, you brought up Danny Dietrich. He won that $25,000 a week ago. The, mm-hmm. the last sprint car race, what was that, BAPS Motor Speedway yep. last Tw- week? Twenty-five grand. Yeah. What do you think about that, Kurt? Uh, big send off to the winner. That's the last race that they'll, I think the next sprint car race in Pennsylvania probably be what early March next year. They, they start out early racing sprint cars out in PA. Did you hear about Chase Randall winning the Hussets in Knoxville 410 award? Did you hear yeah, about that's, that? Uh, Bill W. Uh, puts out uh, article. Uh, we need to get Bill W. on here. That we need to talk to Bill W. He'd be a good guy to have on. Uh, and anyway, he talked about Chase Randall. He won the 360 uh, Sprint Car Championship at Knoxville this year. And now we understand that Chase Randall's going to be going for the 410 Sprint Car Championship at Knoxville next year. Mm-hmm. So he can get it done. The way he ran at the Nationals this year uh, opened up a lot of eyes about Chase Randall. And where he's headed. Very talented driver. And he here's a kid that's going to be around a long time, and he is very talented, no doubt. Yeah. I would imagine that uh, he'll also run a Houston Speedway on a regular basis as well. He ran pretty good up there. Um, Rick says Jade and Toyota already announced last week that Next year, she will be running the Extreme Outlaw and USAC Midgets as well as the Toyota GR Cup Series to get pavement experience next year. Yeah. She said she had an announcement to make. The the big announcement is the uh, big uh, contract with Toyota. She she didn't tell us that last week. But she said it was coming. She said it was coming. Well, she didn't say that was coming, but... She said, look out, we've got some big announcements coming up. And uh, the big one is uh, her long-term contract with Toyota. I, I would imagine that would be the case. Hmm. You know you know as well as anybody, Toyota's want to get her locked up for a long time. No doubt she is, we've said this many times on this show, she is the most talented female driver, I think, I out think there so. right now. Yeah. Would you agree with that? I gotta say, Taylor Reimer, the way she's been running lately, she's she's wanting to give old Jade a run for her money there a little bit. Taylor's had some pretty good runs here lately. That was episode two eighty eight. If you want to go back and listen to that Jade Abadigian interview we had, you heard with her, her say that, didn't you, Todd? Yeah, About, she even yeah. said that. She we she asked something, and she said, "Well, I've got an announcement." And then Kirk said, "Well." Looks like we've got a big teaser ahead, and maybe we'll get you back on. And she said, for sure. So There's going to be a big press conference and big doings when that announcement comes out. I'm sure. 
Well, absolutely. I, I can't wait for it. Probably get closer to the time when Chili Bowl comes, right? Because they're a Toyota-based thing. I'm I'm sure there's going to be. A... They might announce it at the PRI show. Yeah. But is, is she ready for a big time? Uh, Craftsman Truck Series ride in 2024? I don't think so. I think she'll go I developmental. I don't think that needs to happen. Nah, next I think year. she'll go developmental and maybe race a truck race to get her experience yeah. on truck. You know, just to, but like they said, get her some asphalt experience first. But there's no hurry to. That's move exactly her, right. There's no hurry to move her along. The ones She's who, still a pretty young lady. Yeah. Right? The ones who are in a hurry are the ones who are ready to market. That product because there are and no. Jade Avedisian is ready to market. Yeah, right now. and so I mean, I think she'll probably tell you, "Give me another year, and I'll be ready to roll next year." One but, step at a time. But she's she's seventeen, guys, and same age as your my son. My son right? is, you know, and I just when I look at her, I keep thinking, man, I know there's a lot going on. You know, there's just a there's a lot of pressure on these young kids as it is, and and. She's in a different world. I just can't imagine the kind of pressure she's. I didn't think about it. Every couple of minutes, there's something new coming at her. She's got chili bowl. She even told us she's ready. She made the A main last year. That was her goal. She's wanting to finish in the top. I care what it was. First year. Yeah. Running the chili bowl, she made the A main. That's what. And she said that was her goal. And I said, well, that's now. That's, why wouldn't that? Why, Kirk? Let me ask you this. The first time she ever went to the Chili Bowl, she made the A-Main. That's awesome. And that was a year after Kaylee Bryson was the first woman to make the A-Main. Right. She made it again, too, by the way. But, uh, yeah, first time. She finished third on that prelim night. She almost made the transfer as the automatic transfer. And and she uh, she was running up there, mixing it up. She, she had a car... And I thought she might have had an outside chance even winning one of those preliminary nights. No doubt. She ran so well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's very exciting to watch her race. And you know what I like about Jade the most is, uh, you know, we reached out to her a week ago. Her said, personality. Hey, can, can you come on the show? And she responded back and says, oh, yes, anytime. Thanks for having me on. And after the show, thanks for coming on. And she texted back, oh, no, thank, thank you for having me on. Yeah. So that's that's kind of late. Hey, out of the subject, I know we're getting ready to wrap up the show. Did you the most this is part of the mostly of the mostly motorsports. Did you see who's coming to Knuckleheads uh-uh. on December twenty second? Uh uh-uh. uh. I I don't know how I feel about this. I kind of I feel sorry for the lady because she's had such tragedy in her life and she just dealing but Priscilla Presley is going to be doing. Oh, she's going to be going down there and telling stories about Elvis. Yes, and yeah. her daughter. Wow. You know, her daughter just passed away as well. You know, right? Just, at, so, knuckleheads. At, at Knuckleheads. At Knuckleheads. Ten p.m. Uh, December twenty second. So the week week of Christmas week. They'll probably have her in the indoors. Side. Well, yeah, they've already yeah. closed the outdoors. At ten o'clock at night. Ten p.m. Oh no no no! I'm sorry. Ten a.m. is the pre-sale for this thing. They think this may sell out, guys. Um, I know a lot of people kind of made fun of some of the stuff, you know, like she's just going to talk and stuff. But she's got some pretty cool things to talk about. And I'm sure she's probably, I don't know, she she doesn't she doesn't make the money off of Graceland like her daughter makes the money on Graceland. No? Jack, Jack Soden is the president of uh, Graceland. Yeah, and so the daughter was the finance, you know. But once she passed away, you know, the, goes to, you know, and her grand, she just lost her grandson and her daughter all within a couple years, you know. So I'm sure she's probably doing this maybe for a, 
some money. Some extra money. Yeah. Why they charge to get in there? I don't know. Um, it, they're giving you a pre-sale ticket thing. Now, I just thought it was um, it was interesting that she's kind of doing a spoken word type of question and answer. You know, a lot of pro wrestlers are kind of doing that that kind of a deal now. They go out on tour because these guys, they may not be comedians, so to speak, but they have a lot of very interesting stories right. because of all the stuff that they've seen and dealt with over the years. No, no more, unlike what you've seen, like you say, when you're on the road traveling for 13 years, you're going to see some crazy stuff out there, you know. And so, I saw a lot of crazy you know, stuff and out so there. And so think about being a pro wrestler. You throw everything that happens in that business. So you, you can see how someone like Priscilla could, they might talk her into doing a thing. You go out there, sell some tickets, make a little bit of money, you know. And, and uh, I mean, obviously there's a there's a, a market for that because they're already having a pre-sale thing for this out there. So yeah. so no music. This is just her. Just her talking, her talking. And talking and telling stories and reminiscing about things. So hey, And a question answer, too. I'm sure there will be a big crowd for that, right? I don't know if people know this, but um, my ex-wife, Sharon, and I owned a, a, a movie car from Blue Hawaii, a 1960 MGA convertible you had a picture of that didn't you oh yeah i thought i saw, saw a picture for sure yeah yep and, and that's uh, in the museum now it's in the museum right now and uh you know it, it's kind of funny because when i sold it to him to the museum um it, it, it it's funny that they they've got a car a full-size car with the license plate that's actually on the car. And they they made it a 1959, but it is a 1960. They made a toy car, and it says 1959 MGA convertible on it, but it's a 60. That's it right there. How about that? That's the car right there. Red, red color. That, that, it, that MG. was, that was my car from 1987 until about 1994. That's yeah, what, I heard you talk about that. I've seen you've had personal pictures of that, so I know it's true. Yeah. You're not lying to people about it. No, that, that was the car that, uh, Sharon and That's I owned. Awesome. And, and just so you know, Sharon's dad was a motion picture caterer. Yep. He, he he did catering for movies, and he did a lot of John Wayne movies. He came to I met him one time. He came to Kansas. He City. did Apocalypse he Now. He did Jaws. Hey, why don't you? He um, did Bonnie and Clyde. Why don't you get on this website and get that? I've got one upstairs. No, but and this is a new collectible, collectible. that they've, they've put out. Yeah, we need to have that in the race. And put that too. there on the on the yeah. desk. Oh, I guess I could do that. Yeah. Greenlight Collectibles. I remember when your father-in-law came to Kansas City, and uh, he was telling some of those stories himself. So I've heard those stories. Oh, no doubt. About what he done? He, he he was he was such a great guy. Listen, I say this all the time about Sharon's stepfather, that maybe he was the greatest man that I ever met. I'm I'm just telling you. He was such a good guy, and he was such a great guy. 
I, I'm just telling you, man, he was just the, one of the most respected people I've ever met in my lifetime. No doubt. Well, he, I, I feel honored to have met him. And, you know, he, when the trips they made out here. He passed away here not too long ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and you know, Sammy Swindell, we had him on a few weeks ago. He said he knew Elvis, right? Right. Yeah, he said he'd branch. Sammy had. They were in the backyard with yeah. Elvis. Had been to a right. movie, a couple movie theaters, and watched movies in the backyard. And and uh, those stories are in that book that Sammy has out right now. And that podcast, obviously, we had a giant, we had a really extended interview with Sammy Swindell. It's almost an hour long. You can go back and dig up that podcast if you want to. Make sure you share this podcast, guys, to right. everybody. I know when you guys share things to your Facebook page. It just kind of goes to your friends on Facebook. But if you was to um, share it and change that up in the corner from um, local or friends only to share it, to make it to where it's a public share. And then what that does is that tells us how many people are sharing our thing. Because when I click on how many shares, I see we've had seven or eight people share things, but it doesn't allow me to know. It says no public shares. So what that what that does is, is that just gets that that uh, program out to more people other than just your friend list you know that kind of helps right. it get in the st- when more people click it then it starts showing up on more people's tie line and then therefore starts popping up on more people's feeds you know yeah so. and, and, and we want to make sure that everybody knows that uh as tammy said she said happy thanksgiving everyone Absolutely. Man, that's going to be... Same to everybody. Where, so, are you, where are you going at, Kirk? Where are you going? Going up to Iowa. You're going to go up to the family's to house? Yeah. yeah. We're having it at my house. It's at my house this year. So. Oh, you are? So you're going to have to do a lot of the cooking there, Todd? Well, I won't be... I'll help cook. I cook quite a bit, you actually. cook the turkey? No, I think Jennifer's mom probably takes care of that part. But um, the cleaning has already begun, you know what I'm saying? Right. When you get that many people coming over, they're going to, you, you know. you got to clean the house. I mean, you know, the house is clean, but then there's the next type of clean, you know, when it's like you're going to have relatives come in. Spotless. And setting in places of your house that you hadn't had people setting in in maybe <laughs> six or eight months. So it's one of those deals where it's like, got to make sure all your stuff's done. So uh, it's already begun in the surprise household as the, as we say, the fall cleaning has begun. Almost winter now. Mm-hmm. Man, we got some rain here in KC last night, didn't we? Man, it rained pretty hard, didn't it's it? still raining right now as we speak, but, boy, that November rain is awful cold, guys. Hey, Todd, what's the score going to be tonight? It's going to be a good game. That's all you're going <laughs> to say. I can't do scores before the game. You're not going to give I, a score. I can't do that, man. Man, I hope this game – luckily, the um, Philadelphia has a couple parts that won't be playing that they would normally be playing, you know. That might be Danny Lorton right there. There you go. Hey, uh, while we're waiting on that uh, call to come in, uh, congratulations on the winners of the Turkey Bowl 17 at Springfield Raceway the other day. Tyler Stevens beat Dylan McCowan and Logan Martin in the late model feature. It was Tom Berry Jr. over Dylan Thornton and Terry Phillips. Ken Schrader finished fourth in the A-mods. B-mod winner was Chris Jackson and Anthony Ferrera won the Midwest Mod A class, while Jay Reynolds was the winner in the Legend Cars. They had a pile of cars down there at Springfield Raceway Boy, on had, Saturday for. They Turkey had a Bowl. ton of cars down there. So, 
Yeah, congratulations to all those winners. And Chris Madden won his ninth blue-gray 100 at Cherokee Speedway in South Carolina last night. So we're going to go to Danny Lorton for all a little right. bit. He's on the he's on the road in his car. So all right, let's but bring I told on. Him, let's told bring him we on. keep him just a little bit here. So. Yeah. Okay. Let's bring on Danny Lorton right now, the general manager down at Lucas Oil Speedway. Danny, how you doing? All right. How you doing? Well, we're doing good. So the news is is broken that you're going to have a high limit race down there on June 28th and 29th. Is that correct? Yes, sir. It is. Right. So, how did you get together with the High Limit Series? I'm sure they reached out to you because we all know that Lucas Oil Speedway is the nicest track in the country. Yeah, well, actually, I kind of reached out to them last year to kind of see how to get on the schedule. And then uh, through some communications, I was able to get Brad's cell phone number, and I just called him directly. And that's how it all worked out. Well, I know that uh, Flow Racing... Uh, the High Limit Series announced a partnership with the Lucas Oil Late Model Series, and we were kind of surmising, well, you know, what track would make that work is Lucas Oil Speedway, and here, lo and behold, here you are. But how much of that played a factor because High Limit said that they are partnering up with the Lucas Oil Late Model Series? Yeah, it kind of, by the time I reached out to them and inquired about it, all that was kind of going on in the background, so... Once I got, you know, the inside of that, then, you know, it was pretty much a no-brainer. You know, we had to have an event here. And and this isn't going to change anything with the Jesse Hockett-Daniel McMillan Memorial, is it? No, no, no. No, we said that that event still happens in uh, September. Yep, no doubt. And that's an ASCS event, too, right? Yeah, that's ASCS and war. Uh, hey, now are you are you going to have late models down there at the same time with with the high limit series? No, right now they just we wanted to make it. When I talked to Brad and then we're just going to make it just their event only right now, standalone. Well, uh, kind of based on what the car count may look like, we may add a support class. But right now it's just going to be the series itself on that those two nights. And what's the payout going to be on this weekend? Uh, that we're still uh, negotiating on that part of it. Well, uh, it's going to be a good paying out purse. We just haven't decided on which which purses to go with yet at the moment. Yeah. No doubt. And, Danny, this is a, a, a really big get for Lucas Oil Speedway, isn't it? Get the High Limit Series down there? Yeah, I mean, those drivers, the 14 guys, I mean, they haven't been there for years. Uh, and I stand to be able to reach out to get, you know, bring some different names, different kind of series into the event itself to the Speedway. It just kind of, you know, something needs to be done, and I figured that was the way to go about it. Let, let let me ask you this question, and, and I know it's personal, and I'm 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 going to ask you it anyway. But did the world of outlaws reach out to you as well? Yeah, well, they didn't personally. I had uh, Jason Johnson's wife, Bobby. She reached out and wanted to know about doing the, the Johnson Memorial at the Speedway, and that was about the same time I was talking with High Limit. So I kind of had to put them off for a little bit, but. As far as them reaching out personally, no, they didn't. But Bobby had reached out about trying to bring that event to the Speedway, but it's under World Outlaw, so I was, I was not able to do that. Right. Yep. No so doubt. That, now that you have a high limit series, that's uh, uh, probably uh, not going to uh, happen uh, with hey, World that, Outlaw. That, that would be a deal breaker with yeah. the World of Outlaws, wouldn't it? With the high <laughs> limit series. Yeah. 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 
So you got the, the one of the other big <laughs> events. Uh, I, I'm sure you know the Show Me 100 and the Diamond Nationals and the Jesse Hockett Daniel McMillan Memorial all mainstays. Any other big uh, items that you're going to add to the schedule for 2024? Yeah, this year uh, we're going to bring back after talking with uh, Greg Dan User with the Whitetail Trophy Hunt. We got kind of let it ponder for a couple of years. But uh, there was interest in the Super Sox coming back to Lucasville Speedway, and I've had drivers asking. And I always said I wouldn't do nothing with the big buck unless Greg was on board. So after talking with him a few times, we both agreed that it was, it's time to bring it back. So we're going to bring the big buck 50 back and the MLRA Fall Nationals, just like they used to be years ago. You know, I know you have the Power I 410 series here, but I'm trying to think back. Uh, when was the other big 410 event that you've had it? At Lucas Hole Speedway. I don't think you've had one, have you? No, I think they had. Uh, somebody told me one time the World of Outlaws were there back when Kevin Greenman was GM. Why well, don't recall time. that? Yeah, that was been many years ago, but I don't remember what year it was. Yeah, yeah. So how did you? How would you assess the 2023 season that you had this year? It was good. I mean, based on the economy, kind of hurt some of the car counts and the fan, uh, weather. The high temperatures, hot, kind of affected some of the fan base. But uh, overall, we had uh, our attendance stayed about average. We had ninety-four thousand some odd people attend this year, so it was right in track with the last two or three years that we've had. Yeah, uh, and you're going to have the Silver Dollar Nationals. Uh, uh, so I, I, I'm sitting here looking at uh, Husets and. They're going to have the Silver Dollar Nationals up there. That, that'd be a week after the Diamond Nationals, right? Would that be? I the, think the Diamond Nationals is before Silver Dollar. Is that right? Yeah. Is it? Is before that right, that? Danny? Yeah, the Diamond Nationals is July. I'm going to say 13. I don't have the schedule. Middle of July. July 13. Yeah. 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 No doubt. So uh, the SRX series was at Lucas Hole Speedway this year. Had a huge crowd down there that night. Jonathan Davenport won that race. That that was a big night for the history of Lucas Hole Speedway, was it not? Yes, it was. Yeah, I've been uh, waiting to get a phone call. I haven't got one yet. I know they're working on their schedule for 2024, but there may be a possibility we may be able to bring that back. I don't know. Yeah. All right, what's the latest with the road, the off-road racetrack? Uh, what, uh, what's going on with the off-road facility now? Well, that was... I'm surprised, I think, a little bit of everybody. We were working with uh, America Outdoor Entertainment, which was owned by uh, Mid-America Outdoors. That's who we worked with this year when we had an event. There was They were working on the short course deal. We pretty much you know, had an agreement that we would do a series with them. They gave us dates, and then there was a post made, and somebody sent it to me, and I didn't even, wasn't even aware about it. Hmm. All right, Danny. Well, I know you're driving. I know you're driving down the road. Are Are you going to have any off road uh, racing over there on the on the uh, off road course this year? Yeah, I'm gonna try to see if I can line up something. But yeah, that's yeah. Uh, something I got to work on again now since I've lost the Mid America deal. So right. I'll see what I can get done. We're gonna try to do something. Right. Right. Well, okay. congratulations on landing that big event. Yep. No that's doubt huge. about it. High limit. Huh? Well, thank you. Thanks for taking the time to join us here on the show. And, and we can't thank you enough for calling us back and uh, talking about the high limit race that you're going to have down there on June 28th and 29th. It, it, that's a big get for you. Yep. Yep. That was, that was, that was the spotlight of our schedule. So 
Yeah. But we're going to try to make it as big a deal as what the show me is for the late models. This will be what it would be for the spring cars. Yep. Okay, Danny, thank you so much. Appreciate you. All right, thanks for having me on. Thanks, Danny. Yep, no doubt. And I don't think this affects the Hockett McMillan Memorial. It shouldn't affect that event. In terms of stature, that's uh, that's always going to be a huge event for sprint car racing, the Hockett McMillan Memorial in September. It should not affect that. Yep, no doubt. All right, thanks, everybody, for tuning in to uh, Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Uh, uh, can't thank uh, Bobby Pierce, uh, Blake Anderson, and um, Danny Lorton for being on the show with us today. And we can't thank them enough for being on the show. And for Todd Surprise, for my partner, Kirk Elliott, I'm Scott Trailer saying thanks for joining us. We'll see you on Saturday morning. It's Track Talk on Sports Radio 810 WHB.